Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Right now, debate is going on in the House. Well, actually, not debate. A vote is going on in the House, and there's some speaking around it. Congressman Mark Pocan is with us, taking your calls. Congressman Pocan represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin in the U.S. House of Representatives, was in the Capitol, apparently, uh, when all this happened. Uh, Congressman Pocan, welcome back to the program, and thank you for doing another uh, progressive town hall with us here. I'm wondering, A, what your experience was like when the Capitol was locked down, and B, and actually B probably is more important, exactly what's going on in the House right now? Yeah, you know, I think we're still feeling some of the effects of the sadness from a week ago, the fact that, you know, the last time there was a breach on the U.S. Capitol was during the War of 1812 by the British, and this time it wasn't another country, it was our own president that led an attack. So I think Sadness is the best way to describe, I think, the the general feeling. There's some anger, uh, certainly, as well. But today, we're doing what we need to do. We need unity in this country, and you can only have unity if you have accountability. And uh, clearly, Donald Trump incited this domestic terrorism incident, the sedition, and he has to be held accountable. We hope that the Senate will also swiftly take this up and remove him from office and make sure that he can't run for office again. But it's been quite a whirlwind the last seven days, Tom. Yeah. So uh, the vote that's going on right now, is this a vote to proceed to a vote on yeah. impeachment or is this the OK? I thought it was a procedural yeah. vote. So when do you expect the actual debate and vote on impeachment itself to happen? The debate will start probably in the next 15 minutes, 10 minutes to 15, I'm guessing. And then, you know, we're being allocated 30 seconds to talk. Many of us that are on the Judiciary Committee that normally would have this before it. So it's going to be moving pretty fast this afternoon. Okay, and this is a truly historic moment. I mean, this is the 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 first time a president has been impeached for a second time. So, when the debate goes live, Congressman, I think we're probably going to pull away from this segment and just carry it, if you don't mind. Oh no, of course, this is truly historic. Uh, No other president's been impeached twice, and I hope never again will we have to do that. Yeah, and while Joyce is getting a couple of calls set up for you here, what was it like? the day that the Capitol was invaded, January 6th, this day that will, re- <laughs> will remain an infant. I mean, it was surreal, right? You know, who would have thought, I mean, that a president would invite his most devoted supporters to come, that he would incite them to a domestic terrorism incident to have 
act of sedition on the U.S. Capitol, an attempted coup, leaving five people dead, including a U.S. Capitol police officer. Now that we've had a chance to see footage, I think people's feelings even are intensified, watching just how dangerous of a situation it was, and then finding out how you know, some members were in offices within the U.S. Capitol uh, being quiet under tables, just fortunate that nothing happened. And, you know, we never should have gotten to that point. There was a huge miscalculation by the Capitol Police leading to it as well. Uh, now it's much like a police state out here, you know, and the Capitol's full of National Guard. And I know a lot of other officers are coming out here for next week. And, you know, this isn't at all about a peaceful transition of power. Donald Trump doesn't care about the country. Donald Trump cares about Donald Trump. And, you know, it's just a sad ending to a really sad presidency. Yeah, it seemed. Were you in the building when this happened? No, I was actually in my office. 30 of us represent the six states that were going to be objected to that day. So we've been preparing. In fact, here are my remarks. I'm writing on the back of it, but I was going to be giving on the floor, actually quoting Republicans. I was going to actually ask if it might be better if I went to the Republican side of the floor and, and read quotes from Republicans about you know what was happening or what we needed to do. But we never got to that because of what happened. They only objected. They were in the middle of objecting to Arizona. They objected to Pennsylvania, and then they didn't object to any other states. But you know, for three of us representing Wisconsin, we were definitely getting prepared for the debate. Amazing. Amazing. Well, let's pick up some phone calls here. Samantha in Dallas, Texas, you are on the air with Representative Mark Pocan. Hi there. Thank you so much for taking my call, by the way. I'll keep it really quick. I was just wondering, is everybody under oath when you do have your 30 seconds or whatever to speak? Because I was wondering if there would be any accountability as far as any Republicans stating that this is not true and this is all just fraud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, the Republicans may have more. This is because so many Democrats, that's why, other than the initial folks that come out and some of the people there in the Judiciary Committee, you know, for the vast majority of us, we've been allocated 30 seconds. But you're not under oath. And, you know, really, the actions already just in the last 24 hours have been pretty reprehensible. We, got, we have to have metal detectors now for members to be able to go on the floor, which is needed for security. But we've got Republicans refusing to go through them. And, you know, the one woman who wants to make a national name for herself by carrying a gun everywhere, the thing went off. And she refused to let them search through her purse. And, you know, just all this behavior, people rushing for cameras and notoriety rather than for the respect of the institution. It's just continuing to be sad. And the fact that because of the poor behavior of Republicans a week ago, when they wouldn't wear masks, you know, Pramila Jayapal and Bonnie Watson Coleman and Brad Schneider uh, now have COVID, which, again, never should have happened. I, I'm quite honestly pretty upset that we're not having any rules enforced around here because some of us, you know, I had a triple bypass three years ago or in higher at risk groups and we've got Republicans who just don't give a darn about anyone but themselves. So I don't think we'll have anything we can use necessarily on their words, but there certainly are actions about people who voted to take away the electoral college votes. There's a number of measures going through Congress to try to have impact on those members of Congress. Jeff in Fort Dodge, Iowa, you're on the air with Representative Pocan. Yes, uh, Representative Pocan, during the uh, riot there on the 6th, I was watching TV most of the day, and I watched one of the Trump supporters all dressed in camo and everything, and his comment was that their plan is to overrun the military, whoever. If uh, if you have uh, 4,000 military and police, they're going to come with 40,000 or whatever number. They're planning to do a mass attack from all sides is what I got from him and just overpower whatever force 
is at the Capitol. I just wanted to make you aware of that, and I hope that our military and service people are prepared for a large, large contingency of uh, people to terrorize them. Yeah, we're well fortified, Jeff, and I can tell you, you know, there's four distinct threats we've been told of. One, the Boogaloo Boys, or whatever they call themselves, one by the Proud Boys, two others, including one of the threats saying they're not going to let Democrats on the floor of Congress, only Republicans. But I think for a lot of these people, don't forget, they really are the people who sit in their basements and spend a lot of time on the Internet and foam at the mouth. And then there are some folks that are deadly serious, as we saw last week. This time we're prepared. We should have been far more prepared last Wednesday, and the Capitol Police dropped the ball, or at least the police chief, let me say that, the the planning, not the police officers per se. And now there's definitely going to be strong fortification. But, you know, there are serious threats. And quite honestly, I think, you know, one of the other things that we have to consider, and I may be an outlier on this, but, you know, you can't really have an inaugural and be COVID safe. And I think, you know, we should still be smarter about how we proceed with events for next week. Yeah. Jim in uh, Elkhart, Indiana, you're on the air with Representative Pocan. Hi, Tom. Hi, Representative Pocan. Uh, I'm really concerned about the leaders of the lie about the election fraud, meaning people in Congress, the president. But it occurred to me in Congress that they could be possibly held accountable, possibly expelled, just by simply compelling them to go under oath and testify publicly that the vote was free and fair. And, you know, if they refused to abide by their oath that they took, then they could be removed from Congress. Is that a possibility? And doesn't that make sense? Thank you. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to see. I mean, part of this, I watched... When I flew out last week, flying back to Wisconsin on Thursday, a near what I would call a fisticuffs between two members from, an, I won't say what state, from different parties. And the Republican was saying that they didn't vote to overturn electoral college votes just to get more information. You know, these are pretty tough times uh, out here because they, I think a lot of Republicans know that they're not doing the right thing. And yet they're afraid of their constituents. I saw one Republican who actually said they weren't they weren't going to vote to overturn electoral college votes until they got so scared that day they decided they had to so you know this all hopefully will be done uh, sooner than later once donald trump's gone he no longer has twitter and some of his other resources to put out his lies but we also still have to have the full accountability in order to be able to move forward and have unity so you make a good point jim congressman pocan i noted a couple days ago on this program that if back in 2016 when trump was declared the winner If MSNBC and virtually all of their hosts had come on and said, this election was stolen, we know who stole it, here are the names of the people who were involved in the theft, here we've got dozens and dozens of witnesses, it was stolen in six states, we can identify the states, we're going to be taking this stuff to court, and Hillary Clinton was out saying the election was stolen from me, this is wrong. And if more than half of all the Democrats in Congress, in the federal Congress, were agreeing with that and saying the same thing, I might be inclined to go to Washington, D.C. and protest. I mean, I'm not going to break into the Capitol and try to kill a cop, but I'm guessing that a lot of people who were there, particularly the ones who didn't invade the Capitol, were there because they believed Fox News and they believed these Republican politicians. How do we have accountability there? I've been trying to say this back home with some of the folks from my state. I'm not going to nominate you for a Profile and Courage Award if in the final two weeks you finally are doing the right thing. And for three years, 11 months and two weeks, you know, you've been doing the wrong thing. And that's the problem. They've been complicit all this time. And now some 
are trying to change uh, their reputations. But, you know, we needed them to have stood up prior. That doesn't make you a statesperson. It just makes you uh, complicit. You know, I do think, especially for some of them who have helped to stir this up, there should be some accountability that we have to continue to have. Ken in Lafayette, Colorado, you are on the air with Representative Pocan. Well, hi, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Mr. Pocan, my question, are the Democrats planning to going after the likes of Lauren Barbert, you know, the newly elected Republican who refused to open her bag at the metal detector, and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley? Are you guys probably going after the likes of them with the same fervor as you are with Trump in, in the impeachment? Because of these People also are complicit and capable and are not fit, you know, to serve. Yeah, Ken, um, I, I hope. Of our time. Yeah, I hope we hold a number of these people accountable. You know, um, Cory Bush has a measure, obviously, to go after everyone who voted to take away the electoral college votes. But you know, I think there's certain people that really stand out, including Josh Ali and Ted Cruz who, you know, truly will never receive any profiles in courage, uh, in fact, completely the opposite. And then uh, some of these new members who just want to make a name for themselves so that uh, OANN or whatever network that, you know, they, they seem to salivate over, will put them on so they can show how extreme they are. But, you know, there's some real safety concerns. I was on a whip call today with all of our members, and, and people are, you know, after giving three of our members getting COVID in the last week because Republicans refused to wear masks, even in an emergency situation like last Wednesday, and then people going around the metal detectors, that's not acceptable behavior. The good news is we're going to start fining people for not wearing masks. We can take it directly out of their paychecks, so they can't even turn down a fine. They can't pay it out of a campaign account. There are some things happening, but trust me, many of us want to be far more aggressive than we could currently are. Gary in Edwardsville, Illinois, you are on the air with Representative Pocan. Oh, hello, gentlemen. I, I have very two very knowledgeable people here, and I have a very good question. Uh, all these criminal thug schemes that Trump has come up with to overthrow the United States and become dictator, very ingenious. Nobody's ever done any of this stuff before. I don't think he's that bright. So my question to you is, who is feeding him all this information? You know, it sounds like somebody on the inside who has a lot of knowledge about the way the system works. Thank you. Gary. Yeah, I, I think the real question, Gary, might be, you know, how could anyone have such a, a broken moral compass? Um, but clearly Donald Trump um, has one that's shattered to pieces. And that's why he's willing to do anything to do what he needs to to try to maintain power. I mean, I think that's the real shocker. You know, we've never had a Democrat or Republican quite go as far as, as this guy has, and he has truly no bottom. So you're right. Some of these things have been fairly clever. Some of these things, I mean, we never thought someone would turn down subpoenas. Now we have to do some corrective actions to make sure no president can sink that low again. But it's also the slide to idiocracy, I feel like Donald Trump has brought this country. So, you know, I really want us to be able to, to get over all of this, but you can't do it without having those real accountability measures. And today is a very important day. And Tom, just so you know, they just finished the vote and they're about to start the debate. Okay. Yeah, I'm keeping, I've got a TV screen here and I'm sure. keeping an okay. eye on it. So uh, when we do, thank you. Thank you, Congressman. Uh, Douglas in Dewey, Arizona, you're on the air with Representative Pocan. Yeah, thanks for putting me on. Yeah, Pocan, I was just wondering about, I know you took an interest in the fireside chat idea, and I was thinking along like with that, you know, just grab up a group of visitors to the Capitol and have a small town, a small town hall meeting with either Biden or Kamala 
you know, once a week or once a month or whatever the schedule permits, and I will listen to you off air. Yeah, Douglas, I appreciated your suggestion. And I think, you know, actually anything we do will probably be virtual for a while, not just because of COVID, but right now because of the security threats. I mean, uh, talking to members, people are getting uh, lots of threats uh, in their district offices. It's, again, an unprecedented time because of what Donald Trump has done to this country. So my guess is you're not going to see town halls where people can physically go to for quite a while, whether it be because of COVID or just because, unfortunately, of the tenure that Donald Trump has caused. Yeah. Congressman, uh, the hearings have started, so we're going to be able yeah. to go to that. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, of course. Thank you, Tom. And uh, everyone, you know, this is going to get better, but today's an important day yeah. to move through. There you go. Take care. Representative Mark Pocan. We'll now go to the House of Representatives. Of the United States and to the best of his ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and in violation of his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, Donald John Trump engaged in high crimes and misdemeanors by inciting violence against the government of the United States and that on January 6, 2021, pursuant to the 12th Amendment This is the reading of the, of the Articles of United States, the Vice President of the United States, the House of Representatives, and the Senate met at the United States Capitol for a joint session of Congress to count the votes of the Electoral College. In the months preceding the joint session, President Trump repeatedly issued false statements asserting that the presidential election results were the product of widespread fraud and should not be accepted by the American people or certified by state or federal officials. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. There he re- We'll be right back with the claims. live impeachment hearings from the U.S. House of Representatives. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. context, encouraged, and foreseeably resulted in lawless action at the Capitol. 
such as, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Thus incited by President Trump, members of the crowd he had addressed in an attempt to, among other objectives, interfere with the joint session's solemn constitutional duty to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election, unlawfully breached and vandalized the Capitol, injured and killed law enforcement personnel, menaced members of Congress, the Vice President, and congressional personnel, and engaged in other violent, deadly, destructive, and sedacious acts. President Trump's conduct on January 6, 2021, followed his prior efforts to subvert and obstruct the certification of the results of the 2020 presidential election. Those prior efforts included a phone call on January 2, 2021, during which President Trump urged the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, to find enough votes to overturn the Georgia presidential election results and threatened Secretary Raffensperger if he failed to do so. In all of this, President Trump gravely endangered the security of the United States and its institutions of government. He threatened the integrity of the democratic system, interfered with the peaceful transition of power, and imperiled a co-equal branch of government. He thereby betrayed his trust as president to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. Wherefore, Donald John Trump, by such conduct, has demonstrated that he will remain a threat to the national security, democracy, and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office, and has acted in a manner grossly incompatible with self-governance and the rule of law. Donald John Trump thus warrants impeachment and trial, removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. The resolution shall be debatable for two hours equally divided and controlled by the chair and the ranking minority member of the Committee on the Judiciary. The gentleman from New York, Mr. Nadler, and the gentleman from Ohio, Mr. Jordan, will each control one hour. The chair recognizes the gentleman from New York, Mr. Nadler. Madam Speaker, I ask unanimous consent that all members may have five legislative days in which to revise and extend their remarks and insert extraneous material on HRES 224. Without objection. Madam Speaker, I yield one minute to the distinguished Speaker of the House, the gentlelady from California, Ms. Pelosi. The gentlewoman from California is yielded one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I thank the gentleman for yielding and for his leadership. Madam Speaker, in his annual address to our predecessors in Congress in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln spoke of the duty of the patriot in an hour of decisive crisis for the American people. Fellow citizens, he said, we cannot escape history. We will be remembered in spite of ourselves. No personal significance or insignificance can spare one or another of us. The fiery trial through which we pass will light us down in honor or dishonor to the latest generation. We, even we here, he said, hold the power and bear the responsibility. In the Bible, St. Paul wrote, think on these things. We must think on what Lincoln told us. We, even here, even us here, hold the power and bear the responsibility. We, you and I hold in trust 
the power that derives most directly from the people of the United States. And we bear the responsibility to fill that oath that we all swear before God and before one another. The oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, so help us God. We know that we face enemies of the Constitution. We know we experienced the insurrection that violated the sanctity of the people's capital and attempted to overturn the duly recorded will of the American people. And we know that the President of the United States incited this insurrection, this armed rebellion against our common country. He must go. He is a clear and present danger to the nation that we all love. Since the presidential election in November, an election the president lost, he has repeatedly held about the, uh, lied about the outcome, sowed self-serving doubt about democracy, and unconstitutionally sought to influence state officials to repeal reality. And then came that day of fire we all experienced. The president must be impeached, and I believe the president must be convicted by the Senate, a constitutional remedy that will ensure that the Republic will be safe from this man who was so resolutely determined to tear down the things that we hold dear and that hold us together. It gives me no pleasure to say this. It breaks my heart. It should break your heart. It should break all of our hearts. For your presence in this hallowed chamber is testament to your love for our country for America, and to your faith in the work of our founders. Those insurrectionists were not patriots. They were not part of a political base to be catered to and managed. They were domestic terrorists, and justice must prevail. But they did not appear out of a vacuum. They were sent here, sent here by the president, with words such as a cry this is uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi speaking Earth to the House matters. about the impeachment of Donald Trump. Truth matters. Accountability matters. In his public exhortations to him, the president saw the insurrectionists not as the face, the foes of freedom, as they are, but as the means to a terrible goal, the goal of his personally clinging to power, the goal of thwarting the will of the people. The goal of ending in a fiery and bloody clash nearly two and a half centuries of our democracy. This is not theoretical, and this is not motivated by partisanship. I stand before you today as an officer of the Constitution, a Speaker of the House of Representatives. I stand before you as a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a daughter, a daughter whose father proudly served in this Congress. Thomas Del Sandro Jr. from Maryland, one of the first Italian-Americans to serve in the Congress. And I stand here before you today as the noblest of things, a citizen of the United States of America. With my voice and my vote, with a plea to all of you, Democrats and Republicans, I ask you to search your souls and answer these questions. Is the president's war on democracy in keeping with the Constitution? Were his words an ins ins insurrectionary mob a high crime and misdemeanor? Do we not have the duty to our oath to do all we constitutionally can to protect our nation 
and our democracy from the appetites and ambitions of a man who has self-evidently demonstrated that he is a vital threat to liberty, to self-government, and to the rule of law. Our country is divided, we all know that. There are lies abroad in the land spread by a desperate president who feels his power slipping away. We know that too. But I know this as well, that we here in this house have a sacred obligation to stand for truth, to stand up for the Constitution, to stand as guardians of the Republic. In a speech he was prepared to give in Dallas on Friday, November 22nd, 1963, President John F. Kennedy was to say, we in this country, in this generation, are by destiny rather than choice, the watchmen on the walls of world freedom. We ask, therefore, that we may be worthy of our power and responsibility, that we may be worthy. President Kennedy was assassinated before he could deliver those words to the nation, but they resonate more even now in our time in this place. Let us be worthy of our power and responsibility that what Lincoln thought was the world's last best hope, the United States of America may long survive. My fellow members, my fellow Americans, we cannot escape history. Let us embrace our duty, fulfill our oath, and honor the trust of our nation. And we, we pray that God will continue to bless America. I thank you, Madam Speaker, and you'll bet. Gentleman that from New York. House Reserve. Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The Up next from is Ohio going to be the former wrestling coach from uh, Ohio, uh, Jim Jordan. Thank you, Madam Speaker. 19 minutes. 19 minutes. Four years ago on Inauguration Day, January 20th, 2017, 19 minutes into President Trump's administration, at 12.19 p.m., the Washington Post headline was campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. And now with just one week, uh, week left, they're still trying. In seven days, there will be a peaceful transfer of power, just like there has been every other time in our country. But Democrats are going to impeach President Trump again. This doesn't unite the country. There's no way this helps the nation deal with the tragic and terrible events of last week that we all condemn. And Republicans have been consistent. We've condemned all the violence all the time. We condemned it last summer, condemned it last week. We should be focused this on bringing This is uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio, Congressman Jim Jordan, a member of the Judiciary Committee, time. lying through his teeth, as one usual. Week. One week before he leaves office. Why? Why? Politics and the fact that they want to, they want to cancel the president. The president who cut taxes, the president who reduced regulations, the president prior to COVID had the greatest economy, lowest unemployment in 50 years, the president who got us out of the Iran deal, put the embassy in Jerusalem, brought hostages home from North Korea, put three great justices on the Supreme Court, gave us a new NAFTA agreement, the Abraham Accords, the COVID vaccine, and who built the wall. It's about politics. This is about getting the president of the United States. They spied on his campaign before he was elected. 19 minutes into his presidency, they started the impeachment push. Three-year Mueller investigation, 19 lawyers, 40 agents, 500 witnesses, 2,500 subpoenas, 
$40 million to find nothing. Impeachment round one based on an anonymous whistleblower with no firsthand knowledge who was biased against the president and who worked for Joe Biden. Now it's impeachment round two. Jim Jordan is now recycling about old lies about the no uh, Russia what. investigation. It's fascinating. An obsession, an obsession that is now broadened. Not just about impeachment anymore, it's about canceling, as I've said. Canceling the president and anyone that disagrees with them. The Ayatollah can tweet, the president can't. Democrats can object on January 6, 2017, but Republicans aren't allowed to object on January 6, 2021. Democrats say Antifa is a myth. Republicans condemn all violence all the time. The double standard has to stop. And frankly, the attack on the First Amendment has to stop. And stop and think about it. Do you have a functioning First Amendment when the cancel culture only allows one side to talk? When you can't even have a debate in this country, this great country, Jordan the greatest country Jordan is positively ever, hysterical that uh, anybody would say that. How continues. dare you incite a if mob to violence? It won't just be Republicans who get canceled. It won't just be the president of the United States. The cancel culture will come for us all. Using his Fox News talking points here. America is a great country, the greatest country ever. It seems to me that we, we need to think about how great the people of this nation really are. Think about what we, we've accomplished in the past and, and begin to come together as leaders who represent so many great folks across our districts. Think about this. Think about this. In 19 So Jordan's message is essentially, let's just uh, forget about what happened last Wednesday and, uh, you know, go back to work. Barely got off the ground. Barely got off the ground. Amazing thing. 44 years later, Chuck Yeager breaks the sound barrier. In 44 years, we go from two guys flying a contraption they called a plane a few hundred feet to Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier. And 22 years after that, 22 years after that, another American steps on the moon. Think about it. In one lifetime, in 66 years, two guys flying 100 feet to putting a man on the moon. That's what this country is capable of. That's what we can do. And we as the Congress who represent the people who did that, to start leading, to start understanding what really is going on here. So I hope, I hope we defeat this. I hope we can begin to come together and recognize the greatness of the, of the American people and focus on the things they want us to focus on. I yield back our time. Gentlemen res reserves. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I yield myself three minutes. Gentleman from New York is recognized for three minutes. Madam Speaker, this is uh, Jerry Nadler, chair of the uh, House Judiciary Committee that President is, Trump you know, typically refers deliberately articles of impeachment. Here he is. Frenzy. Weeks before the riot, he used his bully pulpit to spread lies about the election. He told his supporters that the results were fraudulent. He implored them again and again to help him stay in power. And he convinced them that accepting the outcome of the election posed an existential threat to their families and their freedoms. We have a duty to observe, Madam Speaker, that racism played a direct role in this incitement. The president's violent rhetoric is always at its most fevered pitch when he is talking about the civil rights and civic aspirations of black Americans and other minority communities. On January 6th, at a rally that was large, angry, and widely reported to be armed, 
The president's lies and violent rhetoric reached their crescendo. At that rally, the president took the stage. After reiterating the falsehood that we won this election, and we won it by a landslide, he told the crowd that if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And then he urged the mob to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue to prevent the Congress from confirming the election of an illegitimate president. On that day, President Trump unleashed the force of a mob on this, the people's house. He encouraged that attack with the explicit intent to disrupt the joint session of Congress, an attack that threatened the safety of the vice president, the Speaker of the House, and the president pro tem of the Senate, the next three officers in the line of succession. And look at what that violence has wrought. At least six dead, officers ransacked, the sanctity of our capital breached for the first time in two centuries. Our hallways littered with broken glass, battle flags of a long dead Confederacy, and the debris we have come to associate with the Trump campaign. Mr. Speaker, Madam Speaker, I have faith in the resiliency of our government. We will bring the rioters to justice. Their accomplices in this house will be held responsible. But today, we must focus on the gravest threat first, President Trump, who incited this riot and who remains a grave danger to the nation. Jerry Nadler just said uh, the accomplices in this house will be held to account. That is an amazing thing. Dangerous too great. We must impeach. I reserve okay. the balance of my time. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is Congressman Tom McClinic from California. He's a Republican. To set such a confrontational tone in a politically tense situation. But what did he actually say? His exact words were, quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, unquote. That's impeachable? That's called freedom of speech. Now, he also threatened to oppose candidates in future elections. And by the way, that was directed at Republicans like me who'd resolved to uphold the constitutional process and protect the Electoral College. Well, so what? 
That's called politics. If we impeached every politician who gave a fiery speech to a crowd of partisans, this Capitol would be deserted. That's what the president did. That is all he did. He specifically told the crowd to protest peacefully and patriotically. And the vast majority of them did. But every movement has a lunatic fringe. Suppressing free speech is not the answer. Holding rioters accountable for their actions is the answer. And we are. And if we prosecute so he's basically the asserting and, that this is not Trump's responsibility. The country with the same determination these last six Brilliant. months, this incident may not have happened at all. Now, short of declaring war, the power of impeachment is the most solemn and consequential act that Congress can take. To use it in this manner, in the heat of the moment, with no hearings, no due process, many members phoning in their votes after a hastily called debate exactly one week before a new president is to take office, trivializes this power to the point of caricature. The Democrats have won everything in sight, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. In a republic, that calls for magnanimity by the victors. Only in a banana republic does it call for vengeance. Benjamin Franklin warned us that passion governs and she never governs wisely. In our passions this week, we've set some dangerous new precedents that will haunt us for years to come. Yesterday, we redefined intemperate speech as a physical incapacity requiring removal from office. Today, we define it as a high crime and misdemeanor. Well, the moment any member of this body gives an impassioned speech and the lunatic fringe of their movement takes license from it, be prepared to answer to this new precedent that we established today. Now, I could cite plenty of provocative speeches made by Democrats that directly preceded violence this summer, but we've already had enough of that. You know, after 600,000 Americans had perished in the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln appealed to the better angels of our nature. He said, with malice toward none, with charity for all, let us bind up the nation's wounds. Those words were so important to the unity of our nation, they're inscribed in marble at the Lincoln Memorial. I cannot think of a more petty, vindictive, and gratuitous act than to impeach an already defeated president a week before he is to leave office. President-elect Biden's promise to heal the nation becomes a hollow mockery in the harsh reality of this unconstitutional uh, act. The God help our country. Expired. Yeah, Tommy. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. Reserve. The gentleman from New We're, York. We're uh, listening to the hearings on the impeachment of Donald Trump. And this is Zoe Lofgren, the uh, Democrat from, uh, I believe, California. She's on the Judiciary Committee. Congress who's been involved in all three of the last presidential impeachments. Those were long proceedings. Today, we don't need a long investigation to know the president incited right-wing terrorists who attacked the Congress to try to overturn constitutional government. The actions were in public, Plain as day, his actions are the most serious offense against our Constitution and our country. 
they are impeachable acts. The founders devised the impeachment clause to protect against a president who would threaten constitutional order. If we don't act now, the impeachment clause would essentially be meaningless. Faced with these facts, if we don't impeach to protect our country, we will fail our own oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. We have no choice. We must impeach. God bless America. Gentleman from New York reserves. I reserve. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield two minutes to the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Gohmert. The gentleman from Texas is recognized for two This minutes. is Louis Gohmert coming up. Here's a quote. I just don't even know why there aren't more up, aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. Or, sadly, the domestic enemies of our voting system and honoring our Constitution are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in Congress of the United States. We were called enemies of the state. Those are all quotes from our speaker. Now, on our side, we didn't take those to be impeachable because we, we didn't believe she surely meant that. But by the Democrats taking this action, you're telling me, no, when we say those, we actually mean to incite violence. That's what this action is saying. Look, I just looked on the History Channel. It says these words, if the Judiciary Committee, talking about impeachment, finds sufficient grounds, its members write and pass articles of impeachment, which then go to the full House for a vote. Half of all the impeachments ever conducted, ever voted for, occurred under this speaker. You're setting a precedent that says very clearly, because this impeachment isn't going to work, but it's, it is setting the precedent. Unlike a year ago when we said, look, it shouldn't go through Intel, it should go through Judiciary Committee. Forget that. Now the We're listening to the uh, debate on the impeachment, the second impeachment of Donald Trump. An historic moment in the United States. Never happened to any president in the history of this country. Of course, we've never had a president as terrible as Trump. We'll be back with more of this. What you're doing. You're listening to all Tom the presidents. Yes, we can argue back and forth, but you're using this as a weapon and you're destroying this little experiment in self-government in a year's time. The gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman from New York is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I did not come to Congress to impeach Donald Trump, but the constitutional crimes by an out-of-control president inspired by his hatred and the big lie that he told cannot be ignored. Donald Trump is a living, breathing, impeachable offense. It is what it is. The violent attack on the U.S. Capitol was an act of insurrection incited by Donald Trump. He is a clear and present danger to the health, safety, and well-being of the American people, and that is why this impeachment is necessary on the House floor for a second time with a bipartisan majority. Violence will not win. Insurrection will not win. Sedition will not win. Terror will not win. Lawlessness will not win. 
mob rule will not win. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Democracy the will prevail. The gentleman's time has expired. The gentleman from Texas is recognized This is for Jody Aaron Arrington, a Republican from Texas. I oppose the second attempt at a baseless impeachment from my Democrat colleagues. This week's attack on the U.S. Capitol was completely unacceptable, and the people involved should be met with swift accountability. The president didn't incite a riot. The president didn't lead an insurrection. And there are no high crimes and misdemeanors requisite of an impeachment. I'm not saying the president didn't exercise poor judgment. But to criminalize political speech by blaming lawless acts on the president's rhetoric is wrong, Madam Speaker, and a very dangerous precedent. The criminals who stormed the Capitol that day acted on their own volition. They are responsible for their actions. This is an important moment, Madam Speaker, for our nation. We have the opportunity to come together and do what's right for our country. The votes are certified. President Trump has conceded. Let's focus on the future and get back to the people's business. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. Yes. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the distinguished gentlelady from Illinois, Ms. Newman. The gentlewoman from Illinois is recognized for 30 seconds. This is Marie you, Newman, Speaker. Democrat it's from Illinois. It's an honor to speak today. So today I stand with this body to impeach this president. I agree with my Democratic colleagues. I also agree with my Republican colleagues. Let's unite. Let's unite to address this pandemic and start by simply wearing a mask. Let's unite to bring back the economy and start by putting $2,000 checks in people's pockets. And let's unite to hold these domestic terrorists accountable and impeach this president. Thank you, Madam Speaker, and I yield back. The gentlewoman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. The gentleman from Ohio reserves. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, uh, could you, uh, how much time do I have, please? The gentleman from New York has 18 and one quarter minute. And it's like a football game. Ohio, when he has 18 minutes, that means it's going to take about an hour to stretch it all out. Thank with you all very the procedures much. And now you have 30 seconds to the distinguished gentleman from New Jersey, Mr. Norcross. Congressman the Donald from Norcross, New Democrat of New Jersey. Seconds. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise today at a time of historical concern. Last week on this very House floor, an attack on democracy, that symbol. But it was an attack from within this very floor, let's be clear, cause and effect, rally at the White House, march down Pennsylvania Avenue, a parade in reverse, and an attack to this chamber. A police officer was killed. And what I hear is time to heal. He's not even buried yet. It's clear and present danger. No one is above the law. Not the president, if he has four years or four days. We must do the right thing for all Americans because he must be held accountable. I yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I would yield one minute to the gentlelady from uh, Indiana, Ms. Sparks. The gentlewoman from Indiana is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I appreciate a variety of opinions. But this is Representative Victoria Sparks of must Republican go of Indiana. The proper due process whether it's election fraud or an impeachable offense. And someone who did not support the objection to certification last week 
I will not support this political charade today. The rule of law and due process is vital to what our constitutional republic stands for. Congress should stop playing divisive politics and start working on delivering real good policies for the American people. I yield back. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the distinguished gentlelady from New York, Ms. Maloney. The gentlewoman from New York is recognized for 30 this seconds. This is Carolyn Maloney, Speaker, Democrat from New this York. This vote is not about one man, one party, or even one day. It's about protecting our nation, preserving democracy, and the rule of law. The facts are clear and undisputed. President Trump used a litany of lies about a stolen election and willfully incited an armed insurrection with the intent of stopping the peaceful transfer of power. He attacked not just the Capitol, not just Congress. He even attacked democracy itself. That's why he must be impeached. Time is and expired. I yield back. The gentleman from New York reserves. That was good. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Uh, Madam Speaker, we reserve. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the distinguished gentleman from North Carolina, Mr. Price. The gentleman from North Carolina is recognized for 30 seconds. Madam Chairman, the President Price has engaged in conduct David that Price. is criminal, Democrat. impeachable, and profoundly threatening to our democracy. He pressed state officials and members of this body to overturn an illegitimate election and to keep him in power. And he then invited and activated a violent mob to invade the Capitol and achieve his desired result by insurrection. If that is not impeachable conduct, I don't know what is. The president must be removed from office immediately and never allowed to hold office again. Our democracy the gentleman's requires time it. has expired. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. I would uh, yield one minute to the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Fallon. Thank you, Mr. Chair. The gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Last summer, the Antifa and BLM riots swept all over our country. Cities were burnt, businesses destroyed, this is and lives Congressman Pat stolen. Fallon, a Republican of and Texas. It wasn't just for an afternoon like those horrible hours we had on January 6th, but rather they went on for weeks and in some cases even months. So if there's any silver lining in this dark cloud, it's that our friends from across the aisle have come to realize that riots are bad. We conservatives have known this all along. This snap impeachment is a sham and it didn't go through the Judiciary Committee. And it's not even about the president's actual words, but it's about how our Democratic colleagues want to interpret his words and fashion a particular meaning to them. Now, this is just political grandstanding at its worst. The American people desperately want us to move on and tackle the issues and find solutions to them forthwith. Madam Speaker, let's end this obsession and charade and let's get to work. I yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. Yeah, we reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield uh, 30 seconds. Next up is Representative Mike Quigley, Democrat from Illinois. Uh, from Illinois. He's Madam Speaker, on the now we hear talk of the president's notion of a peaceful transfer of power, which apparently means what? Minimal casualties? Now we hear talk of healing after the criminal acts are completed. This now, Congressman Mike Quigley, a Democrat of Illinois. Judge. Yeah, my guy completed the armed robbery, but let's heal now. 
No, there was accountability. There was accountability then, there should be accountability now, and there should be impeachment now. Thank you, and I yield back. The gentleman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Reserve, Madam the Speaker. The gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Madam Speaker, I now yield uh, 30 seconds to the distinguished gentlelady from North Carolina, a new member of the committee, Ms. Ross. The gentlewoman from North Carolina is recognized for 30 seconds. Madam Speaker, I rise today in support of the article of impeachment. The President's responsibility for the violence and insurrection that occurred last Wednesday cannot go unanswered. The President has Ross, had Democrat multiple opportunities to modify his behavior to bring this country together. Instead, he uses his power to further divide us. He is unrepentant. Congress must act for the good of this country. Madam Speaker, I yield back my time. The gentlewoman yields back. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I would yield one minute to the gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Good. The gentleman from Virginia is recognized for one minute. Thank you. I stand today in support of President Trump and against this sham impeachment proceeding with literally one week, seven days remaining in his term. This is merely the culmination of a four-year effort to overturn the will of the people and the results for the 2016 election. This is simply a political action intended to tarnish the legacy of a highly successful president who led us to an incredible economy, energy independence, reduction of taxes for millions, regulatory relief for businesses, renewed peace in the Middle East, and stronger border security. This action will only serve to further offend the 75 million people who voted for President Trump and further deepen the division within our nation as we try to move forward with a peaceful transition of power. However, the Democrat majority has determined he's already guilty and there's no need of a trial, and they therefore move forward quickly with this phony impeachment charge. Today, I join my Republican colleagues in standing against this further effort to divide our nation. Thank you, and I yield back. Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the distinguished gentleman from Texas, Mr. Cuellar. The gentleman from Texas is recognized for 30 seconds. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise in support of the impeachment. It's very simple. What we saw on January 6th was a person, the President of the United States, inside a crowd to come and attack the crowd, the uh, Capitol. We have to make sure that we stand up for democracy. If we don't do this, then what are we going to stand for? We stand for democracy. We stand for American values. And I stand for the impeachment of Donald Trump. I yield back the balance the of The gentleman time. yields back the balance of his time. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Uh, Madam Speaker, we reserve. The gentlewoman from This is Mary Gay Scanlon, Vice Chairwoman of the Judiciary Committee, 6, Democrat. President Trump launched an attack against the United States Capitol. I, too, urge my colleagues to unite, but to unite in love of country and to hold this president accountable. What unites our country is respect for the rule of law without accountability for those who would shatter the rule of law by overturning a presidential election, we cannot take seriously the cries of being a united people. This president remains a serious threat to our country and must be held accountable. The gentlewoman's time has expired. The gentleman from New York reserves. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized and he chooses, chooses to reserve. The gentleman from New York is recognized. Um, Madam Speaker, I now yield 30 seconds to the distinguished gentleman from Georgia, Mr. Scott. The gentleman from Georgia is recognized for 30 seconds. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Madam Speaker, let me make everybody aware 
that on those just sun-bleached bones of history of many great nations are written those pathetic words, too late. They move too late to save their great nations. Let us not this day move too late to save our great nation. Gentleman's time's expired. The gentleman from New York continues to, wishes to reserve. The gentleman from Ohio is recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I would yield one minute to the gentleman from South Carolina, Mr. Norman. The gentleman from South Carolina is recognized for one minute. Speaker, I rise today for two reasons. One, to voice my strong opposition for the impeachment of this president with seven days left. I also want to voice my support for the strong police department. Many of you Ralph want Newman. to defund. Where was your cries to defund when you were leaving this, this office, this very room, last on the 6th? Height of hypocrisy. I yield back. The gentleman from California is recognized for 30 seconds. This is uh, Congressman Sherman, Democrat The administration of begins by building Brad an Sherman. unnecessary wall on our southern border. It ends by making necessary a new wall around this capital. I introduced articles of impeachment in July of 2017 with one co-sponsor, Al Green, and again in January of 2019. And on Monday night, I joined with so many of us in introducing these articles. I've introduced articles of impeachment in the 115th, 116th, and 117th Congress because Donald the Trump has continuously posed a danger to this republic. The gentleman from New York wishes to reserve. So, uh, thanks for being with us. The trial continues. Or it, I, actually, it's not a trial. It's, it's an indictment. This is the House of Representatives choosing to indict Donald Trump for high crimes and misdemeanors, and in this case, incitement of insurrection. We'll catch up on this, about all this, tomorrow, right here, same time, same place. Thanks for joining us today as we uh, watch history being made. So get out there, get active, tag your it. And by the way, the phone number for Congress, if you want to let your representative or either of your senators or both of your senators know your thoughts on all this, 202-224-3121. We'll be back. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 